When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's episode of the Bolts broadcast, how sweet it is. Be tuned. Season 3, episode 66 of the Bolts Broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Crawshaw with you today. Chase, I did your stupid little intro. Did you enjoy it? Yes, you it? did. Yeah, it, it, it was great. I very much enjoyed it. Well, how are you, friend? You missed last show. You're here now, which is great to see. You are, of course, on Skype, uh, not in person, which I don't know if you've realized how long it's been since we've recorded in person together, but... I got the Bolts broadcast coasters four weeks ago. You still haven't seen them in person. I know it's been 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 quite a while. Unfortunately, you know, between my just multitude of health issues, um, haven't been able to to make it over. Still can't really drive or anything. And I I literally just thought about the coasters yesterday, the day before. I don't know why. I think I was just going through my like text messages and ended up seeing them. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot we got those. Shoot, haven't mm-hmm. even seen them yet. So hopefully, um, you know, n- not this weekend because I'll be up north this weekend. So I'll have, to, I'll have to be calling in again. But um, hopefully, starting next week, I can maybe get back to being in person. There we go. Be a lot of fun, and you're doing at least somewhat better being on the show today in comparison yeah. to the last one. So that's good news. Yeah, you know, it's day by day, just slowly you know to take it easy getting better um you know i i can't really do very much i just kind of sit sitting around at home bored off my ass just trying to figure out to do things so i was definitely jonesing to get back on the pod so i'm excited yeah absolutely and we talked about coming up with ideas for episodes of wnp because we're both jonesing for a little bit of football uh i know i've been watching a lot of college hype up videos so that's something I'm really interested in. So WNP will be coming back soon. If you uh, have listened to us over there, or if you're interested in football talk, make sure to check that out in the next coming weeks. But on today's episode of the Bulls broadcast, <laughs> got to talk about the round two series as a whole, because yeah, it's over already. It was as quick as, I don't know what's quick, uh, a Lamborghini. There uh, you go. Yeah, that, there, there you go. That, that That's it. Yeah, it was just a absolute beatdown. Big brother takes out little brother. Like always, you know, I'm a big brother. Um, and that is just a matter of fact in the world that we live in, that big brother is always better than little brother. Isn't that right, Chase? Uh, no, you know, I, I'm going to have to disagree with this one, honestly. Oh. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's definitely some pretty obvious instances where the little brothers are definitely better than the big brothers. And uh, you don't have to go very far to check out one of those instances. Just look at me. Oh, like you really you're what you you you're gonna say oh Tyler's just this supreme being over me? Uh, yeah, Tyler is far from a supreme being. I'll say that. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but it was a good series, and we'll talk about Game Four 
uh, here in a second. But on the other side of the commercial break, we got some series updates across the league. Going to be taking a look again at the Kadri and Bennington story because there was a little bit of an update to that. Uh, talk about Joe Thornton's undecided future and then a world championship check-in. So uh, a lot of good stuff after the commercial break. But why don't we hop into game four of this series? It was on Monday night. It ended in a 2 nothing victory for the Tampa Bay Lightning, finishing off the sweep over the Florida Panthers. And Florida just... In those last two games, they really didn't have it. No, it it just kind of looked like, you know, they, they, they were kind of done. Um, really had a feeling that once we won game three, playing back-to-back days, that it was going to be a sweep game four. But really wasn't going to be a chance. Sure enough, that's the case. And then um, the whole um, rumors about the team after, you know, the Florida Panthers after game three going out to the strip club and going out partying. I don't know if it was a you know, a galvanization effort, or if it was a throw in the towel, whatever it was, um, it did not spark them to play better as they went out and Vasilevsky dominated them in game four, which like they, they did play okay in game four. I can't like say they played bad by any means, but still like with how Vasilevsky is in those clutch moments in those games, uh, they needed to be a little better and they, and they just weren't like, they just weren't up for the task at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if people strictly look at the stat sheet and see, oh my gosh, they put up nearly 50 shots, almost doubling the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, it might be a little bit skewed because, yeah, they were getting uh, a lot of shot opportunities, but they weren't necessarily high-quality opportunities. And when those did come, it was Andre Vasilevsky shutting the door. And going back to the point you made on the... Uh, potential club that uh, club visitation that the Florida Panthers had uh, Michael Bartner on TikTok, who we've talked about a couple of times. He said that he kind of hopes it's true and doesn't really blame the Florida Panthers because the series seemed over already. So might as well just go and enjoy yourself, which I'm, I'd be interested to get your take here. You're down three, nothing. You lost a heartbreaking game two and then got dominated in game three. If you're, I guess give me two different perspectives. If you're a player, what are your thoughts? Are you more willing to go have fun in Tampa? And then if you're a coach or GM and you see something like that, are you a little bit more aggravated by that? Or are you part of the boys and you're going to the club as well? I don't know how you can go out and have a good time and have a smile on your face when you're getting just flat out worked on the ice like if you're going out there and you're running teams like sure you want you can feel a little more inclined to have have a little more fun put a smile on your face be seen around town but if you like if, if you're if you're losing and you're not playing well and you're about to get eliminated and you just won the president's trophy and you're gonna about to get swept i, I don't know how you can go out on the town and, and and have a party player manager coach doesn't matter um as a player me personally i would have been like okay well what the hell? Why, why are we in the situation? We need, we need to figure this out. We need to play better as a team. We need to go out there and do the right things. Try to, you know, pose a comeback because it's not likely that it happens, but it can happen. It's happened in international history before. It's not like it's a, it's a, you know, never happened type thing before. So you, you should, you need to have that kind of mentality as a player, as a coach, it's, you know, you, you understand a little more logically like, okay, we're kind of toast here, but I've still got to do my job. I still got to prep, still got to do whatever we can to try to, move on. And as a GM, I mean, you're, 
your opinions don't kind of like change. Like you're, you're still pissed. Obviously, um, you know, your goal is to win the Stanley cup as a team, as an organization, but as the GM, you got so much other, you know, so, so many other things going on on your plate. Like, of course you need to go try out and try and win games, but you gotta worry about, you know, the team making money. You gotta worry about your, uh, scouting, um, department. You, you, you gotta, you gotta worry, worry about all these other things as well, where like your opinions really shouldn't even be swayed like that much. Like you can be a little frustrated, a little disappointed, but, um, like how you're operating as a GM, whether you win or lo- like lose those games, like you're really not changing much. So from, from that standpoint, front office, you know, not much changes, but from the players and coaches, um, if, if they went out there and were just like, yeah, we're throwing in the towel, we're, we're, we're done. That's pretty soft. Yeah. And I haven't really seen much bashing towards this situation. And of course it is an unconfirmed, uh, situation that was brought up on a Tampa Bay uh I think it was radio show um so you know it being unconfirmed you want to kind of toe the line a little bit but at the same time I've seen more praise for it than I have actual bashing it which I thought was a little bit surprising if it was at the end of the series after game four you just got torched you go to the club I don't I can't hate you for that I mean just trying to get over the wound but uh, if you're in the middle of the series, that's a little tough. Which you know, I I I, I do got to um back in like the 70s, 80s, 90s, it was more prominent where this phrase "playing guilty" is what um is what it would be called, and it would be this thought that a player who was playing hungover or who stayed up you know late the night before partying, like they are gonna play a little bit harder, a little bit better because. They need to cover the fact that they're still drunk, that they're hungover, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And that's a kind of a, a flawed logic at the end of the day because really that it's not working. You can, you can say, oh, we went out and we we had this big win. Um, well, maybe you would have won even better if you didn't go out partying in the first place. So it's kind of a, a flawed logic. And I know there's also a story, too, where I think it was um, – I think it was that 2010 playoffs, actually. Marion Hosa, he was really struggling. And like had like no points, one point, whatever, through the, through the first like seven, eight games. And then he spent one night by himself, just absolutely deleting beers, got absolutely hammered, most drunk he's ever gotten in his life. And then he went on a tear and like started dominating. So people can be like, oh, look at that. You know, if, if he didn't go out and get drunk that night, then he want to figure it out. And like really the, the odds of that being the case isn't likely like you, you, alcohol is not helping your performance, staying up late get it losing sleep that's not helping your performance it's just these little mental things that you're telling yourself to help helping your performance so maybe it was truly an effort for them trying to say okay th- this is something that we need to do as a team as a as a bonding thing play guilty i don't know but if that really is their logic it was a flawed logic also i feel like playing guilty nowadays in comparison is just dumb because i mean you look at all of the talent we have in this league now like, this is the best hockey's ever been when it comes mm-hmm. to high-end ceiling. You got kids like Connor McDavid and Kale McCarr doing some crazy shit. And it feels like if you're not giving 110% night in, night out, you're not going to win. So if you're giving that little extra because you're drunk, you should have been given that already. And right. if you weren't, you're probably not in the league, to be honest. Absolutely. Agreed. So, uh, all right, Chase. Well, I do want to talk about a potential round three matchup. We've got... Carolina, New York, they're currently tied 2-2, and we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go on. But I gave my opinions that 
I'm really not too worried about either team, depending who we face. Uh, when I was talking in the last show, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Are are you more worried about one team over the other, or is this kind of one where you're looking at it, Tampa should be the obvious favorite no matter who it is? Well, this is going to be a dream scenario because either the series is going to go seven, and if the Carolina Hurricanes win, sure, maybe they can have Freddie Anderson back, but they're going to have played the back-to-back seven-game series and be a little more tired and they're just going to be not as deep, and I'm not too worried about it at that point. If the Rangers go out and win, because right now, I don't know if, you, if you've seen, but the Carolina Hurricanes have only won home playoff games. Every road playoff game they've played as far as year, they've lost. So, you know, I'm not, not worried on that aspect right now. But um, say the Rangers go out and win this series, it's because Shesterkin is continuing to play out of his mind and stealing the series. And if we're going to have a battle of Shesterkin and a battle of Vasilevsky, I'm not worried. As good as Shesterkin is, as great as it's been this year, I'm, I'm throwing everything I have on Vasilevsky in that situation. So I really am not concerned at all. Sure, one of these teams could come out and, and end up getting a surprise win. I, I don't think it would be the craziest thing on the planet. But regardless who they play, I mean, Tampa's got to be looked at as a favorite in the series. Yeah, it feels like we've faced two much tougher opponents in Toronto and Florida than either of these two teams can pose. I think Carolina's the better overall team. The Rangers, they have the best player on the ice with Igor Shesterkin, but I feel like the, the players in front of them haven't really been up to snuff, at least in this playoffs. I mean, they should have lost the Penguins if it wasn't for the Penguins being on their third-string goalie. So, uh, yeah, not too worried. Either way, feeling yeah. really good as a as a Tampa, as a Bolts broadcast host, and uh, really excited to see who we get. But we're going to go to a quick commercial break. On the other side... Again, talking some more series updates, talking about the World Championship and some other stuff around the league. We'll be right back. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets, no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Shout out to our friends over at the DraftKings Sportsbook. If you have any betting needs, including this year's NHL playoffs, Make sure to head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook. Chase, I don't know if you heard on last episode, but I said that if there's any sports betting that I would do, it would be to put money on the line for the Tampa Bay Lightning to end the series in a sweep. That happened, so I really sure hope that some of our listeners uh, took advantage of that. Unfortunately, I didn't, so I didn't make any money, but oof, it was a good bet nonetheless. Yes, indeed it was. Indeed it was. Did you put money on that game? I did put money on that game. Nice. Funny enough, I actually bet Tampa to cover minus one and a half. They did. I bet on an even amount of goals, which was like plus 230. And then I also 
bet on uh, the no option for both teams scoring in that game. So I, I had a feeling that it was going to be a shutout for, for Tampa, and that was plus 800. So all those hit, it was a pretty good day for me. Yeah, not too bad, eh? Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about some series around the league. Let's start with the one we mentioned briefly before the commercial break, that being the Hurricanes and the Rangers. Chase, you mentioned that the Carolina Hurricanes only ever won a home playoff game in this year's playoffs. That continues to be the case as the Rangers have rattled off two back-to-back against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes while in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, and it really it, it, it comes down to just – Igor Shosturkin being just otherworldly. Like this guy is a very special NHL goaltender. Um, it's it's been fun to watch him. You know, as he's really transitioned to the NHL the last couple seasons, and he's really kind of put the team on his back here so far in this series. It's, I mean, game three he made forty three saves, forty four shots. Uh, game four made thirty saves, thirty one shots. Like the the guy is just standing on his head. Um, really kind of you know ma- making. Carolina, his bitch. Is that going to continue in Game Five? I don't know. Carolina's the home team. Um, it, you know, it it's it's weird how that stuff kind of works out sometimes. But you know, sure enough, it it it's how it's working out. I, I really don't know if I feel like this this game, the series, is going to go one way or another. Um, but I, I do at the end of the day think it's going to go seven. It's nice to see Shesterkin turn it around because I think it was games three and four in the Pittsburgh series. He let up seven goals in each of those games. Yeah. He comes into this series through four games. He's only given up a six. So completely turned it around, and it's nice to see out of him. Carolina, a young team that needs to get a little bit more of a spark from some of their young studs, such as Sebastian Ajo and Andrei Svechnikov. So I'd be very interested to see it going to a game seven. And, Chase, I talked about it on the last episode that this was a series you and I were both looking forward to a little bit, but compared to the rest of the series, it's kind of underwhelmed. Yeah, it, it, it definitely has at, le- at least a little bit. Um, but, you know, th- there's still three games left, left at least. There's still an opportunity to, you know, to put on a show. Yeah, and I think it's when it goes down or when it goes 2-2 or whatever, people say, all right, three-game series, series reset. You got three games now. Got to win two of them. So uh, they're probably saying that in their locker rooms right now. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Uh, all right, let's not talk about the Avalanche and the Blues. This was one where first game went to overtime. What? Second game, St. Louis takes it. I'm thinking, what the hell are we witnessing? Uh, well, the last two games has been very good for Colorado, and I would not be shocked if it ends here tonight, game five. Yeah, I would expect it to end tonight. That's what I'm going to put money on. Um, it Really, it just – you, you knew that Colorado wasn't going to go on and sweep back-to-back series. That, that doesn't really happen. They're bound to falter somewhere. And it happened in game two. St. Louis played well the first two games, found out, found a way to win there in the second game. But after Jordan Bennington gets hurt, obviously things go a little different for them. That's what they're going to blame it on. But really, the Colorado Avalanche, that they were going to win this series. Uh, you know, do want to talk about, that, since I haven't had any opportunity to talk about it, the Kadri Bennington stuff. Um, obviously, you know, we see what happens. Everyone has their opinions on it. I'm not even going to bother because I can see both sides of the argument. But the fact that he's, you know, getting this hate, that he's getting these death threats, these, um, you know, these racial comments driven towards him, you know, that's just not fair for Kadri at all. And it's really nice to see him respond with the way he did by going out, playing a hell of a game, getting a hat trick. 
Um, that, that was pretty cool to see. So when that happened, you kind of saw that, um, you know, David Perron lost his cool, tried to kill him. Um, yeah, after he scores that one goal, tried to take off his head, just everything from that point, it's just been unraveling for the St. Louis blues. And you really, you know, it's hard to have much faith, much faith in them going into game five. Did people, the nerve of people behind their screens is insane. The keyboard warriors, yeah. like, ah, uh, I was watching a, uh, I know very off topic, but a game of Thrones, um, like video. And apparently three separate actors received death threats from fans because they couldn't tell the difference between real life and acting. I'm like, Oh my gosh. How? Yes. Like, uh, the guy who plays King Joffrey, which if you know the series, you know who he is chase. You don't, but he was a horrible villain in the series. And, People sent the actor death threats because they were mad at his character. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dude dude stopped acting for a while because he was, like, scared. It was, yeah. It's just, just ridiculous. Just terrible shit that people behind keyboards will do. But uh, nonetheless, all right, let's talk about Flames Oilers. This has been a very entertaining series, but it's been pretty one-sided as of recent Thanks to Connor McDavid being otherworldly, they're now up 3-1 to one in the series. Do you think the Oilers close it out here in Game 5, or do you think there's some more room to run for the Calgary Flames? Dude, this is a weird series. I don't I don't know. I I, I thought this one was locked and loaded to go seven games, and then Calgary is going to find a way to win it. But sure enough, Edmonton's up 3-1, to one and Calgary looks just kind of defeated. I mean, Markstrom didn't look very good in the, in the last game. Um, he hasn't really looked very good this series at all. The team just kind of just kind of don't want it. Um, it, it it's just been really weird. I, I think Edmonton's going to win it. It's hard to come back three to one. Um, I think Calgary's going to find a way to squeak out at least another one, and maybe it goes six. But I do see Edmonton winning this one. I, I just got to say, though, two of the worst goals I've ever seen scored in, in hockey happened in the same game <laughs> there in game, game four. I mean, Jacob Markstrom's absolute brain fart, and then Mike Smith letting up a full ice goal. I mean, I, like, how do how do both of those happen in the same game? Dude, watching the Mike Smith goal has me dying because it goes in, and then he stands up, and he, like, looks like he's complaining to the team who's yeah. on the other side of the ice. It's like, how does – what were they supposed to do? Literally, his arm goes up. It's like, you didn't block that shot? Like, no, no. It came from 180 feet the other direction. Oh, my gosh. It was so funny. I I, I couldn't help but die laughter, uh, die of laughter this morning when I saw it. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I really do hope it goes to a Game 7. I don't think it will. But could you imagine Game 7 in Calgary, Battle of Alberta? Like, fans are going to be going crazy the series itself will probably end on a spectacular fashion. Hopefully another 9-6 game because that's electric. It's either going to end with some awesome, crazy moment or some absolutely terrible, stupid, ridiculous moment like a like a 12-0 win or like an own goal scored in a 1-0 game where both teams combined for 30 shots. It's, it's going to be one, something like that. Which... Sounds very exciting either way. So that's why I definitely wanted to go to game seven. Um, but Chase, let's now talk about Joe Thornton and his undecided future. Uh, we talked about how he's probably only returning to Toronto if he does return. And 
it's kind of up in the air on, you know, Toronto and what they want to do. Joe Thornton? Are we talking about who was I talking about? Jason Spatz. You know what Jason Spatz. All right, let's talk about Joe Thornton then. There his, we go. There we go. Yeah, him being undecided about his future. And hell, maybe Toronto is a fit. Maybe, 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 maybe it is a fit again. Maybe he wants to go back there. I, I don't know. Before. Why not? But what's that? I said played there before. Why not? Yeah. Um. You know, I, who knows what he's gonna do? He. He, he's not an NHL player anymore. Like he just doesn't really have it in him. He was a healthy scratch a bunch of games for Florida, barely got into the playoffs. He really just doesn't have it. If he wants to go somewhere, be a body, maybe someone would sign him league minimum. But I really don't envision anywhere where he's going to be an integral piece of a championship-type team. So, unfortunate for him, he's probably going to retire without a Stanley Cup unless he wants to come sign with the Tampa Lightning, sign a two-way deal, play in the American League, we'll call him up as a black ace. That's pretty much what we can do for him. He can go play overseas, too. Go, I mean, uh, join Yarmir Yager. Dude, that'd be, that'd be electric. Are you the, kidding me? The two oldest looking hockey players known to man. Speaking of Yager, you see he got in a car accident? I did not. I don't know what happened. Said it was his fault, but he got T-boned by by a train. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Um. He, he got hit on his driver's side, too. Got out unharmed. No injuries at all. It just proves that that he is a, just a, a god amongst men. I mean, it, it was it was weird. I I don't know. I I, I did. I really don't know how, how it happened. But like, he just got deboned by a train and just got out. I was like, oh, that could have been bad. He just gets out and he's like, oh yeah, my bad. Yeah, pretty my much. Fault. Jeez, what an absolute pretty, stud. It was it was crazy. But nonetheless, um, I could see Joe Thornton playing overseas. I mean, he went and played over in Switzerland for a little bit and was training over there for a while before he decided to sign back in the NHL. I could see him, you know, maybe spending one more year overseas and then calling it quits. Another legend of the game, at least from our childhood, could be on the way out. But let's not talk about Torts. Uh, John Tortorella interviewing for the Flyers job. Tortorella, a coach that I actually tend to enjoy, especially some of his press conferences. Um, uh, but with the Flyers, I don't know if I want that. I don't think he's going to get the job. I, I just, it doesn't feel like the right fit for me for some reason. I don't think he's going to coach in the NHL again. I really don't. And even if he does, I don't think he's going to be as fun to watch in the press as he was before. Now that he's been a part of the media and stuff, um, you know, doing li- like, like, um, you know, the, whatever, whatever the hell it was. So the, the, the hell is the word I'm looking for. Like TV broadcasts. That's the word. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're both, we're, we're, we're both surviving today. We're both struggling. It's a little bit, but we're, we're, we're hanging on anyway. I really don't. I really don't see him coaching in the NHL, and even if he does, it won't be as fun. He won't be as you know off the rails with what he says. Yeah. Well, then who needs him coaching? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's do a World Championship check-in, then we can get out of here and uh, okay. not have to talk anymore. Okay. Um, should I start? You know, I will start. Okay. So, World, world Championships have been kind of interesting uh, this season. For anyone that's been paying attention, uh, you got Switzerland at the top of one bracket or one group, and then Finland at the top of the other. Um, don't know. I, I don't know if you've even been paying attention to stats or at all or anything like that. But um, it's been some weird games. Like Denmark beat Canada. Um, Great Britain, Britain ended up blowing a three-two lead to try to keep themselves from being relegated. But they're going to get relegated them and Italy both. Um, just been you know a lot of weird stuff going on. But it's it's been actually relatively entertaining. Um, 
Finland, so their goaltender, uh, Juho Okinura, I believe is how you pronounce it. He's played five games for Finland. And he has a .2 goals against and a .99 save percentage. He has four shutouts in those five games. Only let up one goal in the other one. So he's kind of put Finland on his back and route to them. Playing pretty well thus far. Um, you know, as we're, you know, we're, we're going to be moving on. Um, and, and now that we're into the playoff rounds, um, we will see, you know, a lot of normal countries like we would expect. Like we are, we're going to see USA. They end up squeaking in. Sweden, Czech, of course, Finland, and then Canada, Germany, Switzerland, Slovakia. Um, it's pretty pretty standard. The teams that made it on or made it past that round, but just the order they made it in is what is a bit weird because you know the U.S. they go three, two, and two, and round robin play. Canada goes five and two, but finishes third because uh, Germany finished above them. Switzerland finished number one, of course, too. So it's just been a really weird tournament kind of so far. Uh, still got some games to play, but it's it's been um, kind of fun to watch if, for anyone that's been paying attention. Who? Oh my gosh! What? Do you know the team that that Finnish goaltender gave up the sole goal of the tournament was to? I do not. Latvia. Oh, that's not great. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, even if say it's like not, it's like it's whatever. He gave up one goal. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's been absolutely crazy out of him. I just was yeah. very in. Oh wait. Maybe that was, maybe, because it said they gave up a goal against the U.S. too. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. And they gave up three against, am I looking he, at the, he He played against the U.S. and gave up a goal. I think I'm looking at the wrong thing then. So I I, you, I, I have um, elite prospects, like subscription or whatever, so I can look at his game logs from the World Championships. And here, sure enough, played against the U.S., 29 saves on 30 shots. Okay. So not too bad. So he must not have played against Latvia and must not have played against Sweden either because he did not. Uh, Sweden they gave up three goals and and lost. But this might have been a shootout. Yeah. So, but no, he, he didn't. He did not play in those games. But other than that, just you know, lo- looking at the leading scorer so far, Dennis Malgin, um, twelve points for seven games for Switzerland. He is currently owned by the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you know, someone who's just a borderline NHL guy. Um, those types of players tend to do pretty well at this world champion tournament. Um, right next to him, uh, Roman Cervenka, a check forward. I don't know if, I don't know if, if he's actually ever played NHL games or if he's just a guy that I, I know from playing, um, Chell and stuff. He did, pl- he did play 39 games for Calgary actually in 2012, 2013 in that lockout year. So he's someone that's, that's done, done well to really good international player that will ever see him overseas. Um, but other, other than that, you know, it's good to see a couple younger guys like like Drake Batherson. He gets to come back from his injury. He, he's played well, put up nine points for seven games. Uh, Nico Hishier's had eight points. Dylan Cousins put up eight points. Uh, Pio Suter put up eight points. We're, you know, it's good to see some guys that are on some, you know, lesser NHL teams, some younger guys um, play well at this tournament. Good confidence boosters for them. Yeah, absolutely. And Rasmus Dahlin, a point per game, which is great to see. But I think the one name that sticks out to me is... Nine points through seven games, draft eligible. Yuri Slavkovsky. Yes, that is who I'm look, looking forward to talking about him. And I do have to talk about Simon Image as well. We will start with Yuri Slavkovsky as you brought him up. Had a he's had a fantastic tournament so far. He looks like a man amongst boys. He does great in these tournaments because of like the way he's built his frame, the way he plays the game. He it's a pro men style ready type of game. So he goes gets to play big minutes. 
looks really good for Slovakia. Isn't just scoring goals. He's setting up plays. He's playing physical, doing the right things. Uh, he's really cemented himself as one of the top prospects in this draft class. Someone that I'm not betting on falling outside of the top three. I, I threw a $10 flyer on him going first overall just in case. It was like plus 1600 So in case he does go first overall for some weird reason, he shouldn't. Uh, I could very well see him being the type of guy that the Montreal Canadiens fall in love with. So if he does go first overall, he makes some money. Great. If not, 10 bucks, not a big deal. But I do also mention Simon Namich, who six points through seven games as a U18 defenseman ended up being the most by a U18 defenseman at the World Championships. Ends up so far, I think, being the second most by a U19 defenseman even. I think Aaron Eckbite is the only one that's above him. Um, he, he's playing phenomenally as well. Someone that should go higher than Uri Slavkovsky in, in the draft, but Uri Slavkovsky is right now the big shiny piece. Um, and for very good reason, he's very well deserving, but both these kids, both playing for Slovakia. I mean, the Slovakian resurgence of hockey, it, it's, it's here. It's fun. Yeah. It's really fun to see. And if it was up to Montreal fans on Twitter, Uri Slavkovsky would be the slam dunk first overall pick because everything I'm seeing on any, uh, hockey-related tweet whatsoever. There's always at least one Montreal fan saying that Uri Slavkovsky is going first overall to the Canadians. So. And I, like, I, I, I get that he's very good and he's fun to watch, but it just, it's not the right move. Oof. All right, well, that's going to do it for the show. We're going to go to a... No, we're not going to go to a quick commercial break. That's not going to happen, actually. We're going to go to a hockey name of the day. There we go. That sounds more fun. All right. We've got Yasin Eliz. Uh, I, I, eyelash. So you got Yassine Elitz. 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 It's yes. lit. It's lit. Uh, yeah. So you got Yassine Elitz. He is a 29 year old German forward. Um, someone that if, if you are a Calgary fan, maybe remember him from his four game stint in Stockton back in 2018, 2019. Um, if you're a Calgary fan and don't remember him, that's fair because it was four games. Um, he, <laughs> You know, as a solid German player uh, playing in pretty much the German league his, his whole career, minus those four games in the AHL. Uh, it's represented Germany internationally uh, at you know, all sorts of world championships. He's played in two Olympic games, was on that silver medal team in 2018. A very good German pro hockey player, someone very good for that league. Um, but, you know, it, it's someone that had his chance over here in North America, wasn't a fit, and we're not really going to see him back over here again. He's just someone that you're going to see in international play. You'll see him at more World Championships. You'll probably see him at one more Olympic Games as well. You were just referencing people might know this guy if they're a Calgary Flame fan listening to the Bolts broadcast. Yeah. And a Calgary Flame fan that has knowledge of any player that hits their AHL team whatsoever. Yeah, of, of any guy that played four games, had two penalty minutes, and was minus five. You know, I think there's someone out there. There definitely is someone out there. Yeah, they're definitely listening to the Wolves broadcast right now thinking, you know, I totally remember you seen. Absolutely. All right, well, that's going to do it for the show. I want to thank you so much for coming out. Chase, uh, outros are tough, so I'll let, you, I'll let you keep doing them. They are tough, aren't they? I was not a fan when I had to do it, I'll be honest. Brutal. But anyways, we, want to do, we do want to thank you guys for listening. If you want to check us out on Patreon Sports over there, really appreciate it. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Bolts Broadcast, it's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. While you're at it, go follow WMP on Twitter, at WMP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. Make sure you go to HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Find all the podcasts in the network right there. Boom, click the logo. It's an easy peasy lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, you can rate us five stars. Answer questions, comments, concerns. I really appreciate it. 
Brave with your draft if you go THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time.